Welcome to Geological Shop Talk. In this podcast, we bring you roughly 12 to 15 minutes of practical clinical methods, perspectives, and advice that has its work boots on. In the next few minutes, you'll get a clinical gem of practical material that you can begin to investigate the next time that you'll walk into clinic. Additionally, visit the show notes page for supporting materials from this week's guest on Shop Talk. All right, roll up your sleeves. Let's get to work. Today's Shop Talk is for students who have graduation on the horizon and new practitioners who are looking to build their practice. This might sound like advice from a grumpy uncle, but my practice has taught me a few difficult lessons, so I share this with the intent of smoothing your path. I'm not a business consultant, but I just passed 25 years of practice, which, believe you me, it's a surprise when I think about it. Again, I'm making no claims on being an expert, but I've learned a few things about how to rely on a private practice for my livelihood, and I'm deeply grateful to have been able to spend my days doing the work that I do and appreciative to, usually in retrospect, for the troubles along the way who were tough teachers. But the lessons offered and the capacity acquired, it's been worth the tuition. This shop talk is a reflection on experiences, pivotal moments, and reliable stepping stones that perhaps will be helpful to you as you set off on a boat you're not quite sure how to sail yet. There's a phrase that I suspect we've all heard at the beginning of any endeavor that we don't know how to do. The advice is, fake it till you make it. I can't think of anything that would be more ill-advised. Fake it till you make it suggests that you trade on lies to yourself and to others in service of some distant goal of developing a higher level of skill and capacity. The problem with faking it till you make it is that you build a business, life, and practice based on falsehood and lies. There is no faking it. There is only the attentive cultivation of your skills, business acumen, understanding, empathy, and know-how. It takes grit. It takes honesty and perseverance and a lot of picking yourself up and dusting yourself off. It's not easy and it's not meant to be. You can't fake it till you make it. You have to work it and work it long enough that you get somewhere. It might even look as you imagined it, but usually not. What it will look like is an authentic reflection of you your values, your vision, and heart. It's hard in the beginning. I'm not sure who said, what's more damaging, success or failure? It seems it's something I've heard before, and I want to attribute it to Zhuangzi, but I can't find the reference. But regardless of who said it, I think it's worth considering. What's more dangerous, succeeding in your lies or failing in your honest attempt? What's more, even if you do have early success in your earlier attempts, it's like beginner's luck. You might be missing important fundamentals or think you have an understanding that then interferes with the process of ongoing inquiry. I'm not glorifying failure or suggesting that you should aim at it, just that it's a part of the mix when you put skin in the game. A pal of mine likes to say that the possibility of failure 
is what keeps us sharp and rooted in the realities of any situation. If you're attempting something that does not include the possibility of failure, then you're not aiming high enough. The possibility of failure, it's like having a trusted advisor who will not lie to you. That said, don't take foolish risks. Try not to spend more than you're earning. If you have negative opinions about money or turning a profit with your practice, get that stuff worked out. I don't know anyone who doesn't carry some kind of baggage around money. As a patient of mine likes to point out, there's a big difference between being in poverty and being broke. Being broke is a temporary financial condition, but being in poverty, mm, that's a mindset, and it will keep you mired in financial troubles. It is possible to be generous with others and make a darn good living for yourself. Prosperity is not a zero-sum game. Your making money does not take away from others if your exchanges are actually based on value. It's like pie, for sure. If there's just one pie, then one person getting more means another person gets less. But we live in a world where you can make the pie bigger or make another pie for that matter. And that is part of the joy of having your own business. You get to make pie. Creating value, it never goes out of style. It's always in demand. Value can't be faked, at least not for long. It's really worth setting your sights on. The great thing about the world we live in is when you create something of value, the pie gets bigger. More pie for everyone? That's worth aiming at. In your ongoing clinical work, tread cautiously around belief systems. You can't reason people out of something that they were never reasoned into in the first place. Other people's beliefs might be offensive to you. They might inflame your reactivity, fears, hatred, or despair. You might even want to slap a mental illness diagnosis on them. I've done all the above, and it never helped me with the one thing that I should have been aiming at, understanding my patients, not agreeing with them, not thinking that they were wrong or, well, possibly right for that matter, not calling up my internal tribunal of judgment, but rather understanding them from their own point of view, which I think is the way that we develop empathy. It is not easy. For me, it's been an ongoing lesson in learning to see what they see that I don't see, to understand what they fear that I don't fear, and to know what they want that I have no interest in. Empathy is not simply being in sympathy with what someone is feeling. It's understanding the meaning people attach to their thoughts that generate particular feelings. I fail at this on a regular basis, and yet I find it worth chipping away at because understanding my patients allows me to help them better. If you're holding on to adolescent issues with authority, it's helpful to get those resolved if you can, or at least be aware of your biases. Like it or not, practicing medicine puts you in a position of authority, so you need to learn how to use that wisely. Likewise, just because you've got fancy initials after your name, that doesn't confer authority. 
You have to have the chops and the skills, the capacity and the ability to be helpful to others. Genuine authority, I suspect, will naturally arise from what you learn when you're not faking it to make it. It comes from learning your craft with a clear eye to your limits and your capabilities. One more thing, complaining, it never helps. Complaining, sarcasm, and recitation of the litany of unfairness and bad luck, no one really likes to listen to that. There really is only one person listening attentively to that stream of negativity. It's you, which I found locked me into limitations that it turns out I'd argued myself into. For sure, often enough, things don't go our way. However, complaining about it is like being struck by an arrow, but then you're adding some poison to it. As far as I can tell, Running a business, it is a powerful form of self-cultivation. It will make you more resilient. You'll feel good about being capable of supporting yourself and your family. You'll be a more steadfast influence in your patients' lives, and you'll contribute more to the communities in which you live. Having a business, it's a privilege worth making the most of, and it's also a deep wellspring of creativity. Business, it's not something that we have to do. It's something that we get to do. As to the trade itself, you already know it's an ongoing, lifelong process. Just when you've caught a stride with your work and you think you really understand something, you'll get a patient who utterly confounds you. You'll know that you're making progress When this fires up your interest and curiosity, instead of throwing fuel on your self-doubt and fear of being inadequate, I encourage you to dig deeply into whatever aspect of the medicine truly fires your curiosity. It never hurts to learn more about something that you're interested in. And be prepared for it to take you longer than you think it will. And be willing for it to change you in the ways that it does. Because... It will. Plenty of people will offer you a template for business success. And sure enough, there are fundamentals that underlie any successful business. Relying on the fundamentals of business, like leaning on the fundamentals of medicine and clinic, is like having a reliable compass that points to true north. For sure, learn those fundamentals. I suspect that business and clinical success does not come from someone else's blueprint or master plan, but rather it's a discovery of your own source code. The goal is to aim yourself with reliable tools in the direction of the practice that's uniquely yours. Is it possible to be a doctor and a business person? Perhaps doctors of old were better at medicine because they could write beautiful calligraphic poetry. I don't know. I think they were effective doctors because their practice of medicine was infused with a larger understanding and capacity to connect with the influences of heaven, cycles of nature, and the world of humans all in the middle of it. One thing for sure, I have found that engaging business as a kind of cultivation, it's helped me to be a more well-rounded practitioner. Later this fall, I'll be doing an eight-week mentorship program 
on businesses cultivation. To get on the list for this opportunity, send an email to together at geological.com. Setting off on the path of practice, it's a worthy endeavor, and it gives you the opportunity to be of service to so many that you're going to meet along the way.